Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. On the show this week, we speak with the co-founders of biracial blog, The Pin. The Pin is a blogspot and website dedicated to people that come from a mixture of different cultures, races and ethnicities. The term they use is biracial and bicultural. The two co-founders are Ketchy Anel and Lucy Cutting, and in this panel discussion, they're joined by a blog contributor, Katie Ho. My name's Ketchy, and I'm the co-creator of The Pin with Lucy. Um, and The Pin uh, officially launched in May of this year, but it started um, late last year when we were, um, Lucy and I were uh, talking on Skype. Um, we've been friends for about four years. Um, and we're talking on Skype about uh, race and um, a, a book I had recently read called Half and Half. And also we're talking about Lucy's first year experience of living in Tasmania. Um, and um, what we kind of got to the point was um, that the, the book that I was reading was really interesting because it was the first um, literature that I had found um, that talked about being biracial from a lot of different perspectives, from mothers, from people who are biracial, from um, people who are a few generations down, who don't even look like the their, their great-great-great-grandparents. And I thought it was really interesting. Um, growing up biracial myself, I've always had information about my mum's side of the family and my dad's side of the family separately, but never had read about the experience of someone like me who sits with both. Um, so... After talking about that um, with Lucy and also talking about um, the issues around race and, and identity and culture and how much that plays into our life, whether it's to do with just going out and interacting with people, um, the music we like, the people that we look up to um, and media especially, um, we decided we tried to find something that was similar to that in Australia online and we couldn't find anything like that. So we kind of decided to just jump in and, and do it ourselves. And that's pretty much how the pin was created. <laughs> and Lucy, yeah. Ketchy spoke a little bit about you and how you got involved. Yeah, so uh, I live in Tasmania, as Ketchy mentioned, and I only moved here a year and a half ago and I've been good friends with Ketchy for a few years now. And it's something that we've always talked about, kind of race and culture and identity and how uh, even if we don't necessarily choose to uh, kind of be identified as being a bit different, um, people project that onto us. So it's a conversation that we've had for quite a long time. Uh, and basically, we're both quite we're both quite interested in media. We follow blogs. Um, previous to this, I wrote my own blog. And so it seemed like a good opportunity to, I guess, marry together those ideas of something that's very important to our friendship, but also something that's very important to other people as well. In a nutshell, one of one of the first questions I've got because I'm not biracial. I'm yeah. pretty monoracial, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Although not the dominant race of Australia, and when I say dominant, I mean the race of the colonisers. Um, so, uh, what's immediately there for me is how, how is it a thing? How is it an issue? And and what are the concerns or uh, the differences for people that walk through life? biracially versus monoracially? 
Um, well, that's an interesting point because we also discuss uh, biculturalism to involve people like yourself. So even if you aren't biracial, there is the aspect of bicultural because we found out that a lot of people who grew up with uh, biculturalism as well as biracialism have very similar experiences. Um, I can only talk from my experience that the issues that come up with being biracial is a lot to do with your identity and how you see yourself. Are you one or the other? Are you both? Are you neither? Um, and the way that people see you. And um, one of the really interesting things that we find, Lucy and I both travel, have travelled overseas quite a bit, and our appearance and, our, um, and the race that people expect us to be changes when we change country. And it also changes depending on who, where we are in Australia as well and how people see us. Um, so there is issues with trying to uh, relate to both sides of your family um, not necessarily equally, but enough to feel like you belong to both of them. Um, there's also issues with, um, for example, so Lucy and I are both Nigerian and Australian uh, and white Australian. Um, when we look at issues like uh, when we look to America, which is where a lot of people of colour, I guess, get a lot of their inspiration um, from, I, I, and I'm again just talking from my experience, um, and you look at things like colonisers who are white, um, and slavery against people who are black. Um, and again, when you look at slavery, they're people who are taken from the Ivory Coast of Africa, where Nigerian, we grew up very close, uh, our family originates very close to that area. So you also have issues of, um, you basically sit on both sides of conflicts because you are white as much as you are black, though the world sees you as one thing. Like I'm seen as a black woman in, in Australian society with a white mother. And the fact is I'm not 100% black and I'm not 100% white, but that's the way I'm seen. So you have like issues like that and um, trying to resolve that within yourself is very complicated. I still haven't, I still don't know how I see myself. I kind of, when I was a kid, I used to just say I'm grey, just to mess with people. So those things are things that we wanted to talk about. And also there's not that many people who publicly in the media identify as being biracial. Um, for example, if you look at Obama when he was in, just because today we're voting and thinking politically, um, he was seen as the um, brown candidate, but then when he became really popular and famous, he was the black president. His mother is white and his dad is African. Um, and then you look at like Australian media and there's no real acknowledgement of biracialism, even though um, politicians like to harp on about how multicultural we are, we're not really discussed in media or anything like that. It's kind of like the multiculturalism and, and white Australia and they kind of don't really match up. But we technically sit with both of them. Yeah, I, I think Ketchy touches on an interesting point there where when she was a child and she used to refer to herself as grey. Um, I think that's an interesting problem in itself because a lot, of the, a lot of the time we're not given the opportunity to just identify as whatever we see ourselves are. And you see this coming up in so many different um, contexts, like LGBTIQ kind of context and everything. But in terms of race and culture, a lot of the time um, people want you to identify as a specific thing. You can't just say, oh, I'm, you know, oh, I'm black. You, I mean, sorry, you can't just say, oh, I'm mixed race because then people want to know exactly how you're mixed race, even though everybody is mixed in some way. So I guess when you're visibly mixed race or biracial or bicultural, that becomes an issue because it comes up a lot more. Um, I definitely see that as a kind of a big thing that plays into this whole project of whether or not you actually want to identify as 
being biracial or bicultural. And another thing is um, where I live in Tasmania, it's very much kind of a first-generation situation where you're seeing a lot of people that have actually moved from overseas and come to Tasmania to live and start their families. And so in Tasmania, you've got this thing where there aren't actually many people that were, that, you know, are biracial and bicultural and were born in Australia. There's a lot of people that were actually born overseas. So even more so you have that situation where people are saying, no, where are you from? Where are you specifically from? I need to know. So that's a big issue as well, kind of just identifying as just being Australian, not being from somewhere else. And Katie, you're a person who found this blog and discovered, I guess, an outlet for perhaps some of your experiences as a biracial person in Australia. Firstly, what's that like for you and and what was it like discovering the blog? Well, to start with, what it was like for me, um, because I'm very white passing, it's something that I hadn't really thought about for um, until I was really an adult. And, um, you know, people would ask me about you know, my Chinese dad and my white mum, but I never really paid much attention to it um, other than that I would do a lot of things that when I was a kid that other kids didn't do, but I, you know, I didn't know why, I didn't really question that. And so it wasn't until I was an adult and other people were kind of questioning me and um, really delving into those sorts of um, looking at the two different um you know the mainstream sort of Australia and then the experience that I had growing up so when Ketchy asked Ketchy and Lucy both asked me to contribute to the blog it was a really um good time for me to kind of explore that more deeply and actually think about how it made me feel and um you know reflect on my past experiences and really look at my experience being biracial even though I am very white passing um, and how that kind of affected me growing up and how it's you know affects me now and how that has kind of changed over time now that I'm more aware of it. I think you've raised some really interesting points and I'll open this up to everybody that idea that identity does change it's not fixed and you might have one idea of yourself when you're younger and as politics and as um, the political conversation in society changes identity changes as well Mm. Um, and you've each kind of talked about differences like that um, in your personal experiences does that come up a lot on the blog from the people that are contributing and sharing their personal stories Um, We definitely aim to ask people about their early childhood and then also ask them to uh, talk about where they are now. So I guess, yeah, we do. We do ask people to reflect on how they saw themselves um, in their younger years and how they see themselves now and how their um, identity and culture and race has affected um, them or influenced them in the direction that they've taken um, in life in general. So, yeah, we definitely do ask a lot of people and... um, I think for the most part, a lot of people have like an internal um, identity that doesn't change. Um, And I think what does change really is uh, people go from trying to almost disguise the culture that makes them an other as a a child and and a teenager, which um, I can completely understand because at that age, you really want to just fit in. And then... 
getting to a stage where they realise that that is something really amazing about them. And um, in reflection, a lot of people, because we do ask people to give their younger self a piece of advice about being in the skin that they're in, a lot of people um, have responded to just be proud of who you are, which I thought was really amazing. And that's across multiple races. I, um, I want to ask about racism. I think it's a, a really important conversation to have, especially when we're dealing with by race and, and the general things we've talked about in terms of personal identity. And on this program, Accent of Women, we've covered um, this issue from a very different perspective, from the perspective of people in um, a, a culture or a race that has a very strong tradition and the difficulties in marrying out of that race and mm. what people have to deal with. And um, those women have often talked about racism against their partners or um, against themselves when they're kind of marrying or commencing relationships outside of their race or culture. Yeah. And as the children of those partnerships, I want to ask you, have you experienced that kind of racism or witnessed that racism inside your own families? And I guess that's sort of, and I, you know, I know this is going to be hard because as children, we love our parents equally and the people that they're attached to. So yeah. it's really hard to talk about racism inside the family. And I don't, definitely don't want to lead anybody to disrespect any parts <laughs> the dark of dark secrets of our family. <laughs> will be any, yeah. So I don't want, you know, I don't want to lead you to disrespect anybody in your family, but, um, you know, for, a, for instance, the white parts of your family, do you ever feel like the grandparents or other people um, are a bit tuttish about, um, you know, the black sides or the um, Asian sides of your family? Um, who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll, I'll happily go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, so in my family, I have talk, I've actually interviewed my, both of my parents for this project and um, both of my parents said that their sides of the family were slightly racist towards the other side. So uh, from my mum's perspective, mum is the Nigerian half of the family, her parents basically disowned her for marrying my father, who's Anglo-Australian, um, and also in a sense disowned myself and my siblings um, they we're still on good speaking terms and everything, but it was definitely a situation where um, they kind of just... Mum was the first person in her village to marry somebody outside of the village and that person was also white, so it was quite seen as quite offensive to the family. She was also the oldest daughter um, and that played into it a lot as well because mum was meant to kind of carry on the family in, in a sense. Um, so that definitely happened. And then from my, from my father's side, there was also a little bit of racism as well because my grandfather had fought in the war. Um, he'd actually been stationed in Egypt and he was quite kind of, I guess, suspicious um, of mum. Um, but going on in the generations, then because my parents made this massive leap and they were so willing to kind of go against their own families, there's never been that experience from my perspective or my siblings' perspective. So we've been quite lucky in that respect that, um, because my parents were definitely the kind of people who were willing to take a risk. They, therefore, uh, aren't kind of afraid of us kind of marrying different people and people of any colour, basically. Catch you, Katie. <laughs> um, uh, for me, I'm not quite sure of my dad's side. My dad's a Nigerian in my gene pool. Um, 
My, I know that when my, um, my mum introduced my dad to the family, um, they stopped talking to her for a year. Um, and then when she fell pregnant with me, um, my grandparents were very, on my mum's side, who, who were um, Irish Catholic descent, were very against, against the idea of having a black child. But um, my mum tells me that my uncle and my grandfather kind of stormed into the hospital to kind of just see this baby before they never saw it again. Um, and when they saw me, apparently they burst into tears and apologised for not talking to her for that year. Um, I've never had race being brought up from either side of my family. Um, I'm the oldest of my cousins on my mum's side um, and I guess uh, we kind of joke that my brother and I are like the black sheep of the family because we are kind of the biggest genetic shock to happen on my mum's side. Um, but it's never been um, questioned. I've never had racist things said um, about me by family members or if anything after I was born, I think my mum's side became more fierce because they're very, um, we've got a very um, kind of proud family on that side and you don't mess with the family members on that side. Um, only they're allowed to mess with each other kind of thing. Um, they kind of fiercely protected my brother and I um, from any outside kind of racism or any outside assumptions that people would make. Um, but in saying that, my, when I was born and when my brother and I were really little, a lot of people would assume that um, we were adopted um, and would ask my mum, and my mum would get asked where she bought us from or where she adopted us from or, or um, who our father was. So she kind of, I witnessed her have that kind of interaction with people as a child, but never from family members. There was no question. I was, once your blood, that's it kind of thing. Um, yeah, my, uh, so my dad is Chinese and my mum is white and her um, side of the family were a bit in shock when she um, started uh, dating and, and having a long-term relationship with my dad. <laughs> um, and I think briefly in the very beginning, my, my grandma and my mum's side was like, I don't know about this, you know, a nice white guy would go down well. <laughs> um, but then she realised how great my dad was and how great his family was and she got over that pretty quickly. So yeah, nothing mm. else after that. And Katie, I wanted to ask you a little bit more because you said a couple of times that you are very white passing. And I guess from a skin colour point of view, perhaps, but from other, from an other features point of view, I my looking at you right now, I feel less so about that. I, I think your eyes are very Asian looking. And ha has that ever come up for you? And do you, I mean, how do you navigate and negotiate life that way? Or that's just not a, a, an experience you've had? It's not really an experience I've had. Most people think that I am white. Um, some people, actually mostly other Asian people can kind of see that maybe I am mixed in some way, but they can't kind of identify how or why or how far down the line it is. Um, so they usually ask. But um, other than that, um, the only thing where the only situation where it's really come up has been where I tell people that my dad is Chinese and they're like, nah, nah, that's got to be a mistake. <laughs> um, and kind of put me in a weird situation where they're saying, that it's not true when it is. So 
I think the other thing um, is as well, like you have a close relationship with your parents. And I, I think I remember when you posted something on Facebook, like you and your dad were going out and having like, we're having drinks or something. And there was a photo just being like, best dad. And I remember <laughs> being like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But I never, like I never, like not like I look at people and try and question who their parents yeah. are. But I remember thinking like, oh, that's really cool. I never thought about that. Because I guess our, uh, Katie and I have very incestuous friendship groups. Um, but one of our kind of, jokes about Katie is that she looks like if you look at a photo of young Hillary Clinton <laughs> yeah. she looks like Katie Ho <laughs> um yeah but I yeah I've never been I don't think from places when we've been together um that people really question Katie like yeah no and it kind of when you see the photo of me with my dad you're like oh yeah now I get it but before it gets to that point you're like mm. I don't know. Yeah. That's a funny thing that's come up a few times where people talk about, say they've been out with a parent that they don't look like as much and people assume that maybe it's their partner or, or, mm, or yes. somebody they're oh, like, yeah. taking that's out. Yeah. I think all three of us have probably had people make the assumption that our dads were our sugar daddies <laughs> <laughs> and the thought of that makes me want to throw up in my own mouth. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask about biculture because um, you've created this distinction of biracial and bicultural. Yeah. Bicultural. So tell me a little bit about bicultural. Um, well, the idea for that came out of, um, I guess, Lucy and I talking about in regards to both our parents who, who come from Nigeria, um, how that even though we grow up essentially with an Australian um, upbringing and almost also with an essentially white Australian upbringing when we go to schools, uh, when we go to school, uni and work um, out in society. But we have this idea of, um, uh, from experience of knowing that like when you're at home, there's a different culture at home um, and it might strongly reflect for us, well, at least for, for me when I would be at my dad's house, it was very much the Nigerian house. Um, not too strongly, thank God, but... Um, so we kind of talked about um, biculturalism and people who have parents that have both come from the same country um, to Australia, or they might be descendants of, um, for example, uh, my best friend from high school grew up in a very Greek household um, where um, even though we essentially had the same kind of experiences being at school and stuff, um, she had to kind of push against um, the traditions of both her parents with that Greek culture. Um, and we had a lot of similarities of trying to decide whether we felt very Australian or very connected to the, the other culture. Um, and so, yeah, we thought it was a really important thing to add to the site because there are people who may people may think, oh, well, they definitely know where they're from because both their parents are from the same place and blah, blah, blah. But actually there's still this disconnect that happens with people like that as well. So we thought it would be great to talk about that also. Guys, we're approaching the end of our time and I firstly wanted to thank you all so much for coming on and sharing your experiences. It's been very valuable and hopefully the listeners will also get some value. But of course, Accent of Women has had producers that are biracial. All of our presenters are bicultural because we're from different backgrounds and living and breathing and working and studying in Australia. Um, so if any of our listeners want to find out more about the blog, contribute to it um, and benefit from the stories, how would they do that? Yeah, well, so the blog is thepin.org. 
Um, at the bottom we have of the um, webpage, we have a subscribe button, so you're more than welcome to subscribe. We keep you up to date with the themes of each month. Um, we're trying to reach every possible group that we can and have them represented on the site. We're also on Instagram. It's at the pin underscore underscore. Um, and if you have a story or know someone that you'd really like us to have up on the site, you can email us at hello at the pin.org. And final thoughts from everybody. If you were to say anything to um, listeners out there that are isolated and alone, struggling with um, their various experiences of being biracial, what would you say to them? I would. I would probably just say um, the internet is such a great tool for oh connecting God, with I other was people. I say the internet too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lucy. I have to get in first. <laughs> um, yeah, the internet is such a great tool for connecting with people, and you know, especially um, I find. For our generation, so Ketchy and I are both mid-20s, uh, Katie as well, and, you know, these were things that we, we didn't really have the opportunity to talk with people out there when we were younger because we just didn't have that tool available to us. And so I think anybody that's, you know, even in their mid to late 20s and they're still having these issues, definitely jump online and get in touch with us because we've got so many stories up there for people to connect with. And we love to hear from people too. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that we've learned from like Lucy and I interviewing people is that when we're talking to people and finding out their stories, we just have this moment, so many moments of me too. And I think even, I think people should read, um, try and find profiles that are completely different to who they are, because you'll find that there's so many universal themes that have come up on our site um, and universal feelings that everyone has had. So as alone as you feel, there's so many people out there like you just wanting to get their story out and just wanting to meet somebody else that feels the way that they do. I agree with what both of them just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah, like Lucy said, the internet is a really great tool um, because it, it is able to connect people um, from, you know, with similar experiences or different experiences across different areas and um, it makes you feel like you're not... Um, separated and you're not um you know alone because there are so many people people out there who are willing to share their stories who you might also connect with co-founders of the pin ketchy anel and lucy cutting and also on the panel was blog contributor katie ho if you want to read up on or contribute to the pin look them up on the web or the w's.thepin.org and that's all we have time for on today's program of accent of women Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au, and that's the digit three, not spelt out in letters. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna, and I look forward to your company again next week.